What is up, everybody? Welcome into the Bat Flip, where we discuss everything baseballs. I'm Landon Raby. With me, Dylan Taylor. Caleb Mitchell in here as well. Number one, Tennessee takes down number 24, Alabama. Love it. Todd rolled. Something like that. Todd rolled. Uh, that sounds too positive to me. Uh, <laughs> I think you got to throw the God in there. Todd got. Okay. Todd got, got, got. Um, Tennessee takes takes care of business, winning the series, um, winning Saturday and Sunday by a combined score of 24 to 6 to take down the Tide. And, uh, man, Alabama got their hopes up. That's kind of what made this – I mean, I'd love to see a sweep, but it's kind of nice that they got all their hopes up and then Tennessee's lineup and, you know, some dominant pitching performances from Camden Sewell and Andrew Beam just – destroyed that it was nice had to give um, a, a glimmer of hope just seems like i think i saw they dropped out of the top 25 after that which probably isn't isn't really that fair i mean i, I hate them just as much as anybody but I, I don't know i don't know how you take down number one and still fall out of the top 25 but yeah we'll see hate to see it could happen to, to a better it. program um sec officiating was was very questionable i guess that's a, a nice way of putting it um, but this lineup was so the whole roster was so calm, cool, and collected, like it, it the way it's been all season, and didn't let it bother them. It just they just went out there, took care of business, controlled what they can control, and um, you know, came came out on top because they're the more talented team. So, you know, I, I think it says a lot about this this team. I know we probably say that every week, but I think I don't want to say a lo- losses are good, but it was good to see them face some adversity, have a two-game skid, and bounce back the way that they did. So, um, really impressive to me. What kind of did you see this weekend? Yeah, I mean, you you never want to drop one to Tennessee Tech, I mean, in the midweek. But, I mean, it. I think that was part of the reason for the first loss is maybe Alabama did see a, a little bit of a hole there, maybe a vulnerable – a vulnerable team or the way they thought it was a vulnerable team. So just a little bit of carryover from Tennessee tech who, I mean, it is a good team. I mean, that was, that's the thing. It's everybody was like, Oh, you know, they lost to Tennessee tech. What happened? I'm like, they, they played us pretty good earlier in the year before the, that was the one that got delayed with rain. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, that, that wasn't exactly a blowout when, when that one got halted, but I mean, getting into the weekend, I mean, it, it's more the same, honestly. I mean, that first game, yeah, like like I just said. But after that, I mean, it was – I mean, I was about to mention Drew Beam. But, I mean, every time I mention Drew Beam, he's even better than what I thought he was last week, which is monumentally better than what I thought he could ever be at this point in his career. So, I, I I'm going to – how about this? I'm going to stop saying – I'm going to stop saying anything good about Drew Beam just because I say something good and he the next week he does something better and it sounds like I'm sliding him. So I'm just going to say Drew Beam is the best pitcher I've ever seen until he's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we might have to change the show's name to just the Drew Beam because we, we talk about yeah. him week in and week out, just dominating the SEC. He's now 8-0 on the season. Um, perfect scenario for Alabama to jump on – yeah, the dream. Absolutely. Drew the dream beam. Um, perfect scenario for Alabama. Jump on Tennessee. Still a game on Friday. I'm sure, uh, you know, officiating had a little bit to do with it. But we'll get into that, into that in a second. 
Um, and, and then Saturday, you Tennessee starter goes out. Dolander gets a comebacker. Vitello, Frank Anderson get tossed. I mean, realistically, you're thinking Tennessee has – or Alabama has Tennessee on the ropes. And then Mike Concho in the bottom of that first inning says, no, I'll, I'll take this. And hits a two-run bomb, and it just carried Tennessee from there. Camden Sewell was fantastic um, coming in and in a spot where you're not thinking you have to replace your – your starter. So to just kind of throw him in and him to pitch the way that he did, he had a comebacker as well. So, you know, took one off the foot and kind of limped around for four and a third and, you know, just did a great job. Five hits, two earned runs, and that was on a, a, a two-run shot from Denton. Two Ks, zero walks, 40 out of his 50, 58 pitches were strikes. So just a phenomenal job from Camden Swole, just doing what he's done his entire career at Tennessee and just be consistent, be a, a dog when they need him to be. Yeah, you don't ever want to say a reliever is made for that spot because, I mean, that, the mental part of that's the biggest thing. Like, yeah, you, you have to get warmed up, but, I mean, the no no reliever in baseball is ever going to be really fully mentally prepared to go out there in the first inning. Like, I mean, that's <clears throat> it's pretty rare that that's going to happen unless it's your boy Garrett Cole, of course. Sorry, I had to get that shot in there. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, the the mental side of that, of your, you know, the game just started, you're thinking, hey, you know, I'm going to settle in here for, I mean, the way Dolander's been this year, probably at least five and six innings that, you know, we're, we're going to kind of just be chilling in here to automatically you're going in. But, I mean, Camden Sewell is, if there was – if you could bet on right after the injury happened what reliever is about to come in the game right there, I – put all your money on Camden Sewell just because he's the guy that's proven that he he can come in in spots like that. He can go multiple innings. He, he's kind of just that flex guy that that can come in and do that. And, I mean, he he has starter stuff. It's not like – I mean, it's no knock to Ben Joyce. I mean, Ben Joyce has got the fastball and the slider, and he flashes that changeup. You, you kind of – you know what you're getting when Ben Joyce comes in the game. Camden Sewell's got a nice mixture, similar, more similar to a starter. We've seen him in a starter role before in the tournament last year. So, like you said, phenomenal job by him. Yeah. So, so let's get into it a little bit officiating. I mean, the SEC should be ashamed. I mean, as much as they cater to Alabama football and, and Kentucky basketball for – for Tennessee not to get that same love is it's it's stupid. I mean, I've I've seen some terrible officiating games being a Tennessee fan. I don't have to go back very far. I can just go back to December in the Music City Bowl. But I've never seen an umpire you know try to take over an entire series. It was like this crew felt the need that like they wanted to be number one, not Tennessee. They had to make sure that like, hey, Tennessee, we come first. Um, so it was just a, a terrible job. I mean, it, it started Friday night, and I think it carried over into Saturday, which led to what happened Saturday. The zone was so inconsistent. Oh, he missed oh, yeah. fifty-seven pitches. That's like a third of the pitches thrown. That- How do you even miss that? Not even Matt. That's impressive. That that's impressive that <laughs> you, you can do that. that. That's impressive for one for two reasons. One, 
that you're that consistent missing and you still have a job the next day. It's impressive, secondly, that there hasn't been an investigation into gambling that this man had money on the game. Like, it's impressive that hasn't started yet because, I mean, the only way you miss that many – that when, when that's your job and you mess up that poorly, I'm wondering, like, okay, he, he had cash on the game. Like, I'm not insinuating anything, but maybe I am. I mean, you're, just, yeah. you're just straight up saying it. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't have to insinuate. You don't have to be insinuate when you're direct. <laughs> Well, and can I mean, we? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, from Landon, I'm gonna back off the officials because I think the other three guys on the weekend did a fine job. Jeffrey Malsius, Macy, however you say his name, he sold show. He said two I top twenty-five him. teams, SEC play. Nah, you came here to watch me. It was, it was yeah. his show. He hasn't been in the spotlight since he was the orderly and happy Gilmore. So this was his, <laughs> this was his second opportunity. I don't. Walmart him. White Goodman. Yeah, yeah. He 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 saw his he saw his spot and he took it. Well, before we – Jeffrey, yeah, I mean, terrible. But this all kind of started because, yeah, him Friday night. But if that official behind home plate on Saturday doesn't miss that ball that should have been called a strike because a batter stepped out of the box when he wasn't granted time, the inning's over. Well, yeah, but that, that, that reaction doesn't happen if you don't miss 57. Oh, 100%. 100%. So, it, the, the whole – correct your guy. I don't care if he's a chief. Correct your guy. You know, you want to you be employed too. I mean, you're you're going to get the blame for it also. So, correct your – get your boy. It, it always sticks out to me. There are no officials in any sport that know how to just take over a game than baseball officials. Like, you think about football. Like, you never really – it's always like a crew thing there, like because there are so many. They're they're spread out on the field. You know, calls can come from different guys. It's rare that there's a football game and you single out one official and it's like, yeah, we hate him. It's normally like, yeah, the refs were. You, you hear the refs were terrible in the night. You you put it on the whole crew. Basketball, kind of a mixture of the two. I mean, you'll. I mean, there's the Chris Paul staff that I, I'm for, forgetting on the refs' name right now that he's 0 and 14 and games refereed by this guy. I mean, you'll see individual – in college basketball, we've seen it with different guys, TV Teddy. I mean, there's there are some personalities you see. Baseball, I mean, those officials can take over a game just like that and everybody. I mean, I know our Twitter fan base is very passionate, but, I mean, we we could have had that guy's home address within 30 minutes after the game was over. They, they probably – somebody probably already did. Yeah, they had it, and like, in that first inning. Yeah, I mean, it's it's – he was harassed on his flight home Sunday or Monday, just right. which good, good I'm not saying him. you know should happen. I think you should leave it in the game, but um, I mean this dude's also a verified scumbag. So. Right. When you're seeking the attention he's after, then I, I think he he probably relishes that attention off the field too. So I'm fine with somebody giving that, it to him. That flaunt yeah. tells me everything I need to know about. Him. Oh yeah, right. yeah. Get bumped. Yeah. It, it, sh- it should have been a lot worse than that. Uh, when, when you look at how bad of a job he did on Friday night, it, it should have been a lot worse. Speaking of basketball officials, I mean, his flop was glorious. I mean, that that man looked like he'd just been shot in the chest when Tony yeah, V like, bopped him. You got to fall down. You got to sell it. You got to take a charge or something. I mean, it, it was uh, – I've never he seen He was scared is what happened. He kind of yeah. tried to take off running. Um, but, yeah, the ejections – Alabama was tipping pitches. First base coach tipping pitches. That's why he gets third thrown out in the third inning. Him and Ricky Martinez get into it. He's John at our dugout. He gets tossed. Um, 
I mean, it, it was it was just chippy, and I thought it was going to get worse, but it never really did. It just, just kind of stopped after that point. Um, the only really issue we had after that was, you know, we kept hitting home runs, and they told us to stop celebrating pretty much, which is stupid. What's the difference in having a prop where you put on a, a, a jacket? You're not disrespecting anything. You're not, like, putting – you know, we're we're not we don't have an elephant trunk that we're like throwing around each other, which that would be weird. I shouldn't have said that, but um, I, I could see them doing that though. I mean, that doesn't <laughs> sound out of the realm of possibility. But like, what's the difference in like you jumping around, you know, after somebody touched home plate and, and putting a prop on? The major Major League Baseball has props. Okay, people celebrate home runs now. I'm sorry, you're not with the times. I know that your your mustache say you're. Um, you know, you peaked in the the eighties and nineties, but hey, man, it's it's twenty twenty two. Like it's time to to get with the times. It's just another example of an umpire wanting his name out there because I mean, he he'll come out. I, he may have come out and said, I mean, I we're we're still not to the point where officials in any sport have to be accountable for what they've done and actually answer questions after the game, which is beyond me. But I mean, that, it's just an example of. He would come out and say, oh, you know, I, I didn't let them do that celebration anymore because it was already kind of, you know, hostile. Didn't want that to lead to something else. But you're celebrating with your own team. Yeah, I mean, that's not – now, if you're taking the jacket and throwing it in their dugout and flipping them the birds like Kyrie, I mean, yeah, maybe I understand. <laughs> but, like, it, it's it's among your team. You're doing your own thing. Like, that's just – I get what he's probably going to come out and say there. He's trying to – keep it from escalating but you've done it all year and nothing's nothing's come out of it so it's just stupid yeah i've got a question about the tipping pitches thing because that's been what has been found to be the that was the issue with alabama dugout um there may have been some issues too with the you know they they can't like they, they got struck out and their their team was happy at the end of the, the, bar, the top of the so there's no reason they should have been you know clapping people up. um but the tipping pitches thing I mean, you can, they're not signaling anything in. It's not, you get better signs. Their coaches had eyes were in our dugout. What does the tape have to, what does the tape do? Because I noticed it was removed Sunday. I don't know if it got taken off Saturday after Tony left the dugout. What's, I always assume that had to do with the infield. What is that? Yeah, the tape has to do with the infield. Okay. Well, it's weird that it wasn't on Sunday. You won't think you would mess up anything you've been doing the previous 30 games, 31 mm-hmm. games, whatever. So I didn't know if that meant anything as far as pitch, you know, with as far as tipping pitches. Yeah, I don't know if that had to do with Tony. Just kind of has his own, you know, little thing that he does with with the the fielding. So when he wasn't there, you know, there was no need to to put it out. They just kind of called it from the dugout or whatever. But um, <clears throat> basically, what happened? Like they were calling time, and they did it Friday night too. They kept calling time. They would. They looked to the first base coach. The first base coach would look because they probably saw it on film. They would look to see if they would look to see where his hand placement was and tell him what he's throwing. And then they would basically that's how you tip pitches. Oh, they were okay. I thought they were eyes in the dugout there. Okay. Yeah, I don't think so because I mean that's so easy to hide. Like you can just turn your back. Well, I noticed um, Elander too was he had he had the. Uh, Walking, talking, much closer to his face on Sunday. Right. So, Frank usually usually holds it. I, I think it had to do with them calling time because it, it was just an obsessive amount of time calls. Scumbags calling. Yep. Yep. 
<clears throat> hate Alabama. Um, let, let's get into each game. Friday night, kind of the same thing from Chase Burns that we saw against Missouri. Just gets into some trouble walking guys. Just not as normal self. The velo is, isn't up there like it was earlier in the season. Um, <clears throat> doesn't really have a, a third pitch right now. And, you know, it seems like they're just sitting on his fastball is pretty much what they're doing. So, you know, what do you kind of what do you kind of do to to get Chase Burns back on track? Because, I, I mean, he's a phenomenal talent. It's just a matter of time before he does. But but what do you have to do to get there? I think it's just it, which it's it's weird for pitchers because you never want to say, oh, he looks tired. But he, he looks like I mean, he. We're what thirty six games into the year now. I mean, it's it's to that point where he's probably never. I mean, they they have summer ball in high school, but he he's never played this much for this long. Going out there on a Friday night in the SEC, I mean that that's as much the mental toll that that takes. How exhausting that is, and not realizing until after the game when your adrenaline is kind of gone. Then like, wow, I'm exhausted now. I think he's hitting the wall kind of like every freshman is. I wouldn't mind seeing him get get a week off, which I mean you can't really in the SEC is the bad part because you you've got you've got Florida this weekend. He he just he looks like a guy that needs to needs to find himself a little bit. He he looks like I mean you always hear the there's freshman slump at some point where they're kind of they the newness wears off, I guess is the best way to say it. And they realize what a grind it is that that looks like all it is to me. I mean, he, before it never looked tough for him on the mound right now, it looks like he's laboring a little bit. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so he goes out in the third inning. Um, will, will the thrill comes in. He does a phenomenal job. Um, like he's done all season for Tennessee and, um, put, puts Tennessee in a position to win. And, you know, just couldn't get anything going with the bats, chasing pitches, popping up. I don't know if I'm, – I'm sure some of it had to do with bad officiating on, you know, Jeffrey's part, but um, just couldn't get anything going. You you boot a ball on the fourth that should have been a double play, give up a couple runs in that inning, and just Tennessee wasn't able to, to do anything offensively to to take care of the game. Yeah, not not having an umpire that knows the strike zone will hurt you more than anything you're doing because yeah. you, you know you'll hear the you'll hear the the fans are getting into it first off, but then you'll hear yeah you know you gotta you gotta block that out, you gotta overcome it, you gotta throw strikes. But that that's my answer. to That is always like I'll throw I'll throw strikes. I'm throwing strikes. I just don't know where the zone's at. Like you, you gotta you gotta tell me what a strike is right now. And when you don't know that, that gets in your head more than anything. Yeah, and. Like, it's crazy because the two things Tennessee does defensively, they throw strikes. They fill up the zone. Offensively, if it's not a strike, it's if it's not right there over the plate, Tennessee isn't swinging. You know, they're one of the most disciplined teams in the country in terms of, you know, being selective with, with the pitches that they see. You know, if they'll take a first-pitch fastball. You know, they're, they're trying to – see how, how far a starter can go with the lineup that they have, hey, we're going to get in your bullpen and get deep into it. So come Sunday, you ain't got a shot. Um, so f- for them to, to strike out as much as they did, to to have the, the pop-ups, it was just – it was head-scratching. And I'm sure a lot of it has to do with, with officiating. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's sa- same thing I just said for a pitcher. It's the same way with a hitter because every hitter goes up with an approach. I mean, some guys are more patient than other guys. Some guys are looking if it's if it's first pitch, I'm teeing off on it. Other guys have rules of hey, if it's if it's first pitch and it's perfect, I'm not swinging first pitch. I want to work the count. So, mm-hmm. so everything I just said from a pitcher's point of view, when you don't know where the zone is at as a hitter, that's going to do the same thing to you because that that forces you to change your entire approach because a ball that's three to four inches outside that you would normally watch on a full count, now you're like, I have to swing. And that's that's not – if that's not something you're normally doing and you have to change the way you think, you're going to struggle with it. So it's – I would label it just as much. I don't want – I mean, I don't want to sound like we're just blaming the officiating, but when it's that bad and that obvious, you kind of have to. Right. And, and Alabama's a good team, I, I, I think. They um, – Yeah, they are. They have a ton of lefties. They hit – you know, the wind was carrying, so a lot of those – Balls hit hit to right, you know, just kind of carried out. There was one, I think their leadoff guy hit, and I was just like, I even said it as soon as he hit, I like can of corn, and it just sailed out into her bullpen. It was that, um, but but they are they did probably hit us better than anybody so far, um, and I think a lot of that is you know just lefties. I mean, they were able to that short part of the ballpark, they were able to take advantage of it, and um. You know, Friday night I said it that we were an inch away from so many outs. Like Jordan Beck against the wall, and one, you know, goes out really close to catching. Drew Gilbert goes back uh, dead center at the wall, and me and Caleb thought he caught it. I still I still think he caught it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were just so close and, you know, just, just missed out on some of those opportunities. We just weren't able to – just an inch away out of our reach from, and that was kind of the the story of Friday night and Saturday and Sunday were were, were different. So, um, I, I want to ask about Friday night to two guys who play baseball, and you mentioned it. How the I mean, unfortunately, the umpire can change how you, how you approach. I think the two things you saw from Tuesday to Friday, I think, were the same. Were offensive. I think they looked at times impatient at the plate, um, swinging at things they don't normally swing at. But I mean, I'm sure the umpire changes that some. Is that confident? What? Why does that? Why did that look the same Friday and then Saturday? It seemed like first pitch. It seemed like all right, Tennessee. Did they just settle back in? Like okay, we were still forcing things. We were still trying to make things happen. We just gotta let. We gotta let those plays come to us. Um, so I think. I mean, you had a ton of pop outs at Smoky State. You had a ton of pop outs Friday night. Um, balls you don't normally swing at. I mean, two side balls in the dirt instead that Tennessee normally doesn't think about swinging. Yeah, I don't really know. I don't really have a, I don't really have a great answer to, to what happened. I mean, you know, maybe it was Tony Vitello getting ejected. I, I don't know. There was some sort of spark when that happened, where this team just flipped another switch. Um, I mean, so I mean, looking back, I don't think Vitello would have probably done that. But if he knew that it was gonna, you know, set a fire underneath his team and and take the series, absolutely, he takes four games. So what what got him fired up? The ejection of the bomb. <laughs> The, yeah. the the ejection does it. The bump added fuel on the fire. Shockingly, <laughs> yeah. the bump comes after the. I think that's my favorite part. People watch that video and they're like, "Oh yeah, of course he gets ejected." I'm like guys, that wasn't even why he got ejected. Yeah, get your money's worth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as the the spark there, I mean, it, to answer your question, it's really just. I kind of go back to what I said. Like 
baseball baseball umpires have the biggest impact on a, in my opinion they have the biggest impact on a game out of the major sports like they're they're involved every play i mean in any sport when a big call is made and it goes the wrong way obviously that's that's going to hurt you and that can lose you games but in baseball those little those several inches right there on every play that it's going one way or the other i mean when you think about how close most baseball games are, when you, when you've got somebody bad back there, that's obviously obviously is incorrect just the majority of the time, and the stats have come out to prove it now. Like, yeah, I mean, it's it's a major impact on the game because for both teams, honestly, I mean, it's it's when you when you don't know, baseball players are creatures of habit. So when you go up there and something's thrown off, I mean, yeah, good players can adapt, but when you don't know what you have to adapt to and you don't know what a strike is. I mean, yeah, it's, I think that with a combination of getting somebody new back there and the combination of Tony V uh, bumping our boy. I mean, that's, <laughs> I guess that's the, I guess that was the real spark, but yeah, even if that wouldn't have happened, I would have picked Tennessee to win the next two games just because there's no way the umpires could have been as, as bad as they were again. If they were, I mean, that whole crew is, gone man trash can um <clears throat> saturday had some fireworks in the top of the first um beck put you on top two to nothing in the bottom half of that inning and um it was kind of all tennessee from there you know didn't hit a home run in the uh in the six a two-run shot and that was that was the only thing we saw from alabama that game um jordan beck had two home runs in that game luke lipsius had a bomb came in Sewell shoved it against Alabama, he had to come in for Dolander, and uh, appreciate Alabama's catcher, one of our better players this weekend. Three um, throwing errors in the eighth inning led to three runs. So we we thank you for your service. Not not even close either. I mean, he just <laughs> just sailed them. I mean, I was talking about getting your money's worth earlier. Like if you're going to overthrow it, just try to throw it over the fence. At that point, that's at least impressive. I mean. If you're Evan Russell, how do you not get a ton of confidence? And be like, I know I haven't played catcher that long, but I'm not that bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I, if I saw that, I'd, I'd be like, if I'm going to miss my throw, I'm at least going to spike it in the dirt, like keep, yeah. it, keep it in the infield. So. Right. Yeah, that was insane. So, uh, yeah, we appreciate Alabama's catcher helping us out, giving us that cushion. Sunday, uh, Drew Beam. <laughs> I mean, he, he's never – he's. It was crazy. He's never pitched in a winner-take-all Sunday game until this Sunday. And he has a career-high, 10 strikeouts, four four hits. I mean, nothing bothers this kid. That's like, you know, we're going to talk about here in a second what you do. Dolander's out, you know, got some good news. that is It is just a bone bruise, but probably not going to pitch this weekend. And, like, yeah, part of me wants to just say, just leave it the way that it is. And I think that's probably what you do. But the other part of me is like, it doesn't matter. Like, Drew Beam doesn't care. <laughs> nothing but, nothing rattles that kid. I, I, he's not human. I, at, at this, I, I refer to my statement to start the show. He's the best pitcher I've ever seen until proven otherwise. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Some um, people out there are going to be like, hey, that chill out. That's an exaggeration. I'll be like, well. Look at the stats, brother, because I'm yeah. looking at the same ones you are, and I, I see – Prove me otherwise. I see an 8-0 right there, and nothing's really been close for him so far. So, mm -hmm. I, you can't you can't tell me I'm wrong on that. Right. Absolutely. 
Yeah, Ortega had four hits in that game. SEC Player of the Week. I mean, he's just been on a tear. And I really like him in that two-hole. You know, I don't know if you keep him there. You know, I know he's got some power to him as well. So, <clears throat> but I, I just think he's he's kind of earned getting in, in the top half of that lineup. And I, I think that two-hole is kind of a spot where you're kind of looking for answers a little bit. Um, haven't had a ton of consistency there. Luke's been in there a couple times, but, you know, I really like Jarrell Ortega, the way that he's playing right now at, at that two-hole position. Um, but, yeah, four hits, four RBIs, and, uh, you know, had another phenomenal game last night where he had three hits. Um, I think he was a double away from the cycle. He had a triple and a home run. So, he, he's lighting it up right now. Trey Lipscomb had, had three hits, two home runs, almost a third home run on Sunday. And, uh, you know, that one was off the wall. So, you know, just a the bats are rolling Sunday. Whatever it was, I don't know if it was the cream uniforms. I don't know if it was just Easter Sunday. You know, he has risen. Um, I don't know what was going on, but, you know, Tennessee felt it and uh, had, had a little two-out magic going on too. I think our first seven runs were uh, with two outs. The best kind of magic. Yeah. And then you had some of that last night too. I think uh, in the fifth and the sixth had five runs with two outs. So, um you know, again, calm, cool, and collected. Nothing, nothing rattles this team. Tennessee was Tennessee on Sunday. That's that's my only comment from the Sunday game. I mean, it's it was business as usual, and Alabama was the poor souls that had to pay the price. Right. Yeah. Let's um, let, let's go Florida real quick. Then we'll go MVP, and then we'll get out of here. Um, Florida's a very confusing team to me. I, I think they're super talented. Uh, you know, one of the top teams in the country coming into this season. And, you know, Hunter Barco is one of the best pitchers in the SEC. He has 69 strikeouts on the year, which is, I think, fourth or fifth in the SEC so far. Judd Fabian is a professional hitter. He has 15 home runs tied for the SEC lead with with Elko and Lipscomb. And, and White Langford is uh, – I think he leads them in hits and um, RBIs and batting average. You know, he's a really good hitter for them. I don't really know much about him. I don't know what – you know, Judd Fabian's been there forever. Hunter Barco's a sophomore. I don't know what Wyatt Langford is, but he's been phenomenal for him this year. But they they beat Bama, lost to LSU, get swept by Georgia, then beat Arkansas, then lose to Vandy. I, they just don't make any sense to me. Yeah, they, I, I, I started uh, – with, with a lot of the SEC. Yeah, I, I mean, I was about to compare them to South Carolina. There's, but I, I just maybe it's just me. I don't get the hype around their head guy, Kevin O'Sullivan. I mean, I, I don't. To me, I thought about it the other day. To me, he's the John Calipari of baseball. Like he, he's got. Looking at it right now, they were national champions in 2017. Yeah, they've won the SEC. Yeah, they've they've done well in the tournament. They've I think it's 13. 13 consecutive NCAA tournaments. All that's good. Like I'm I'm not I'm not hating on Kevin O'Sullivan, but with what he's got at Florida, I just I don't for, for ever since Tony Vitello got there, really, I, I've never really understood the hype around him. It's it seems like Tennessee's always been pretty competitive since we've had Vitello against Florida. I just I, I don't He's he's Calipari to me. He he gets he should be able to get just about anybody he wants at Florida. I mean, who who doesn't want to go play baseball in Florida? I mean, their stadium, the facilities are great. 
I mean, they have a ton of tradition, obviously. He, he's a good coach, but I just don't. I don't understand why he's every year. It's always the the biggest job that comes open. It's like, oh well, maybe. I mean, they, everyone would love to get Kevin O'Sullivan. and now it's Tony Patello, and they can't have him. But I just, I, yeah, Florida, like you said, it's a talented team. I just, I don't understand why they're. I don't understand. I don't say why they don't win more because I think he's like, I mean, he's. I think he's six hundred and seven and two ninety two as a head coach. I don't know what how much of that split is at Florida just only, but I I, I don't understand. I don't understand Florida really. I, I yeah. don't know. Within the last like five years, I don't really. After that national championship, I feel like they've been very up and down. Yeah, I think last year they were the preseason number one team in the country, and just kind of just wasn't good all year long. Uh, and they always they have a ton of draft picks too, a ton of high draft picks. But it, yeah. you go back and look at the teams, and you're just like, man, I you you think they would do a little bit more, but I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, solely he he just reminds me of a lollipop kid from Wizard of Oz in a baseball uniform to me. So, um, yeah, don't get the hype, but uh, they they are a talented team. Got to got to take them. Uh, for what it is, and Tony Vitello will be back on Sunday. So he didn't get completely out of Gainesville. He, he still has to go, still has to stay in a hotel, and um, and then gets to coach on Sunday. So um, we'll see what happens. I'm excited. I, I think Tennessee goes down goes down there. I think it is going to be a a really good crowd in that you know stadium that they can never fill up because they have like twenty thousand people there. Um, you know, it, it was embarrassing last year during like the super regional when there was like five thousand in like a twenty thousand yeah. stadium. Which five thousand, like, oh, like oh, okay, that sounds like a lot. It's a lot to, to Lindsey Nelson, right? But when you have a stadium that's you know just like the Tennessee Smokies, that's pretty embarrassing. Uh, does it really see twenty? It, it's it's something it's, like that. It's, it's, I think. it's yeah. more than double Smokies. Okay. Yeah. So. They, they, they have professional facilities down there. Yeah. Well, I was looking it up, you know, for all the people that say, you know, Tennessee can't play in a big ballpark. I don't know if they consider Florida a big ballpark. I sure hope not because um, it's just 10 feet longer to each one. And, uh, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the Trackman stats, but that ain't going to hold Jordan Beck or anyone else. In the no. No. Also, I'd have a, if I'm Tony B, and I know you're listening right now since you don't have work or anything today, um, I'd, I'd, I'd fly to Jacksonville and catch up with them on Sunday. Don't, don't stay in games for the weekend. That's not fun. Yeah, do something else. Um, <clears throat> you stay in Gainesville too long, you leave with a smell. So hey, keep keep doing chest bumps for the troops. Whatever you got to do to stay busy. <laughs> I think he's just bored at this point. But, yeah, really good cause, um, him doing that for charity. with. I think he teamed up with a fraternity to do that, so – Pretty cool to see that, and um, I wonder what yeah. the ratio of women to men that were out there today. Well, I mean, I mean, I didn't see it advertised. So, I mean, if that thing is advertised, how much money do they raise? I, I think there were some women that that took a sick sick day today. Took a sick oh, I'm sure. Lunch when they saw it go yeah. out on Twitter, so. they went and gagged themselves in the bathroom and was like, <laughs> "I got to go home." Um, real quick, Dolander's out. We got some some good news, some optimistic news, I guess, about Seth Halverson. We thought he was out. Uh, Elander came in and said that they are optimistic that he could return, you know, maybe by the end of the season. So, you know, maybe you get him back. He's not a 
officially shut down for for the rest of the season. Um, I think that would just be an added arm to to this bullpen. But um, Blake Tidwell, you think he plays? You think he starts Saturday? Xander Seacrest got the start last night. Did a phenomenal job, and you know I think he lean Blade. I think he'll be Blade. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, I was gonna say I don't know who else it would be. That you have guys there, but I mean, yeah, if Blade Tidwell is ready to go, he's he'll be starting. And, and you and you think he pitches Saturday? Uh that's a good question. I could see Friday. I, I could possibly see Friday back to what I said about Chase earlier. Maybe he just – maybe he needs a little change-up. Maybe he needs something that's yep. a little bit different to get him back in the groove. I wouldn't hate seeing Blade on Friday and then pushing Chase to Saturday. Yeah, that would be interesting to see. Um, and you haven't seen Blade pitch a ton of innings lately. So, is – you know, Friday you're not where you go Blade, you know, four, maybe five innings out of them. Then you go Camden Sewell until you get to the, the eighth or ninth. So yeah. That was my question. Do you use Friday where you can lean on? You know you can lean on your full bullpen. Is yeah. that why you send them out Friday? Because otherwise, I don't think I'll switch it up. I yeah. I, I mean, why well, mess up with the formula? Burns hadn't, yeah. Burns hadn't lost a game. Or I guess he did. He, he get the loss? Did yeah, he, get he the got the loss. Yeah. I was thinking he did. I'm a little bit opposite there. Now that I now that I think more about it, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate Blade going Friday night at all. Just be, just because, like you said, you're going to have your full arsenal ready to go if do things we know do what go his wrong. Pitch count is? I mean, how high can he go right now? He's only pitched what two innings. That's uh, that's I don't I don't know what I, I don't know when he's back full speed is my mm-hmm. only concern. I, I don't know if you're already throwing him and he, he's kind of been working, he's kind of been working in for a while. So I'm sure he's, he's going to be on a pitch count. I mean, everybody is up to an extent, but I, I don't really know. I don't really know what the holdup is still on him is, is if you're throwing breaks on him, I don't know really why you still are at this point. I, I feel like if he's, if he's healthy and ready to go, let Blade Tidwell be Blade Tidwell. Yeah. I love pitching some, you pitching some last night if he didn't start Friday starter though. That's my question. If he if he goes if he goes midweek at all, I mean, unless maybe it's one inning, uh, that would kind of cancel him out. But I I would I would say he'll be ready to go. I mean, a kid like that, a competitor that's been sitting for as long as he has to, you know, he's. I mean, I know the coaches are holding him back, trainers maybe, but you know he's ready to go. If you tell him, hey, go out there, you get the ball for nine innings. I mean, he he's gonna do it. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited to see that. Um, let's get into MVP real quick and get out of here. Um, Caleb, you want to start this off? I, I will. And um, I know, you know, it's hard to go away from Joel Ortega. I mean, phenomenal the whole weekend and even had some momentum on, on Tuesday from that. Hopefully it carries over to another weekend. I think we're going back-to-back SEC Player of the Week. But uh, Drew Bean, you mentioned it. First rubber match, I mean, the kid is a stud. Nothing phases him. I know I kind of thought that just because you got to throw that question out there. It's the first game that, that matters to, to mm-hmm. a series that he's pitched and <coughs> did not bat an eye. Gave up some runs here and there. Um, didn't face him. Didn't face him. You got to go. I mean, he should be everyone's MVP always, like Dylan said. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, I mean, he's MVP, but I'll keep mine short. I'll, I'll give it to Camden Sewell. I mean, it's Drew Beam. I mean, let's not dance <laughs> around it, but I'll go Camden Sewell just because he was a guy that, I mean, we talked about he struggled a little bit earlier in the year, was kind of getting roughed up, and now it looks like he's he's back to being the Swiss Army knife. So, give me Camden Sewell. 
All right. Hey, and something on the school thing, I don't know we need to get out of here. Did you see that post? It was on the Balshaw Facebook page, but it looked like it was from like a grandparent of sort that said he might have been battling some like nagging injuries. Mm-mm. I missed that I one. To, I need to try and find it and I'll send it to you. I wondered if it had any legitimacy to it. We haven't heard that, but I wonder if that I know he does have a bruise on his foot from that. So <laughs> so he's kind of <clears throat> apparently he's limited this weekend. You know, it's gonna kind of day to day, see how see what he can do, but um I expect him to be back. Well talk about it. I kind of forgot about that until you mentioned talk about a competitor. Like he refused to come out of the game at that point, then looked like he maybe messed up hamstring. Something in the upper leg and kept it. Shoved it. Yep. Um, Trey Lipscomb had a phenomenal weekend. He was six for 13, six RBIs, two home runs. Jordan Beck had um, a really good weekend, five for 12, five RBIs, three bombs on the weekend. But man, it's Joey from Tampa. Drill Ortega, eight for 12, five RBIs. Um, you know, he just always came up big when Tennessee needed it. When Tennessee needed a big hit, it was Drell Ortega doing it. Um, and he was the same last night. So, he, you know, I thought it was kind of a debate. And then, you know, I was at the game last night. No, Joe from Tampa, easy. He, I mean, he's he's the best player right now. I, like you said earlier, I wouldn't – if he could settle in that two-hole and really be consistent there, somebody that handles the bat as well as he does, if you've got – if you got a leadoff guy like Jared Dickey that gets on base as much, you, you need somebody after that can that can handle the bat well. So yeah, I'm I'm ecstatic to see if he can stick there. Yeah, and improving defensively too. He's done a phenomenal job in the field uh, recently. So well, I was about to say everyone's been that's only been his only holdup is he's had some mistakes in the field. His hitting's right. always been there. Now this weekend he's above and beyond. You you started off your spiel land. I thought I was going for a track mod, but no one gave it to, to Joey. So I'm glad you. <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, I appreciate you throwing out those stats for the lips coming at that, but um, yeah, Joe from Tampa. Joe from Tampa. Well, guys, that's all we got. Thanks for listening. Um, me and Kay will be back here in a couple minutes doing the more important issues. We'll talk about the Bellarmine game a little bit, uh, talk about Joe from Tampa, you know, going off, and then um, more of uh, you got some recruiting and stuff like that going on. So tune in for that. I'll be back Jeffrey, at eight. Banned from Knoxville. What'd you say? Jeffrey, you're banned from Knoxville. Yeah, he's not Don't coming back, back ever, ever. Uh, I, why would you? Why would you ever come back? Um, guys, that's all we got. Thanks for listening. Peace.